Hey there, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the UXR podcast. Today, I'm talking to Eddie Pearson and Dominique Moore, both of which are early on in their research careers at Stocksy United and a company called Apple, respectively. We talk about their research journeys and the importance of DMing folks on social media for landing your next great research gig. I hope you enjoy this episode. Don't forget to give us a like and hit the subscribe button so that you get notified when our next episode comes out. Talk to you soon. And welcome back to another episode of the UXR podcast. Today, again, we're talking to folks who are early on in their research careers about their stories, their journeys, and some advice that they have for you if you're looking to either jump into a research role or to grow in your research role and you're still early on in your career. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by two super interesting people. Uh, First is Dominique Moore, who is a social trust research assistant at Apple, a company that you may have heard of before. They make things like phones and computers and many other things that I'm sure you know of. Uh, And the second is Eddie Pearson, who's a user researcher at Stocksy United. Uh, Thank you both for joining me here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Alex. Awesome. So, uh, Dominique, let's start with you. I'd love to know sort of the beginnings of your journey into research. Where does this story begin for you? Oh, sure. I mean... I was really, really small. I was like a toddler, honestly. (laughs) Um, So when I was growing up, my grandfather was actually a software consultant for Pfizer. Um, So I grew up with computers in the house, right? Like my family loves to tell a story about how he would like put my hand on the mouse and help me move it around and whatnot. Um, And yeah, I just kind of was a computer kid and an internet kid. Um, I also thought it was really interesting to look at how other people interacted with technology too. Um, Pretty much just like looking at comfort levels and like what are the different things that people like to do with technology and, um, you know, what keeps someone from engaging with it or encourages them to. Like, you know, like all these behavioral questions that I just was a really curious kid about. Um, And so from there, given that I was super interested in like hardware and like ergonomics specifically, when I got to college, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to be a computer engineering major, um, you know, because I didn't really think that this was a thing that people studied, like human-computer interaction. I had not heard of it yet. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'll just build computers and, like, maybe somewhere along the lines I'll be able to, like, look into these questions, these more behavioral questions that I've been interested in. And I quickly learned that I am not an engineer in that sense. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I, I went to Brown and Brown is, um, known to not have general education requirements in that for our electives, we can take pretty much almost anything across the spectrum. So I took a number of courses in sociology, anthropology, psychology. I ended up majoring in computer science. Um, I took pretty much everything at the intersection of tech and society and research and, uh, you know, I think it was my fifth semester, I finally landed in a formal user experience course in our CS department. Um, 
And that was kind of a huge turning point for me, honestly. Like we had this one assignment where we were instructed to go observe people using a physical interface and then interview them about their experience, um, create a storyboard, like, you know, all that kind of thing. And I just loved it. I was like, oh my God, like this is what I've been searching for. <laughs> um, but, you know, I kind of did what I think a number of people did. And, you know, I think this is around 2012 or 2013. I like got on Google and I went on Medium and was like, well, what is UX research? And that's kind of where it all started. That's amazing. And I think you have a bit of a different story uh, to share. And I'd love to hear a little bit about where your uh, your research story begins. Yeah, mine's, I'm, I'm going to try not to <laughs> go on forever here because it's a, a, li- a lifelong thing. But um, yeah, I, <laughs> so I think it all goes back to when, um, I'll just, you know, obviously give some background. So my prior careers are in um, the music industry and photography, most recently photography, um, which I still do shoot for some clients every now and then. Um, but yeah, when I was, when I was a kid, I, I, I started playing drums when I was around 11 or 12 years old. And, uh, around that time, um, or before I got my drum set, you know, I kind of bribed my parents into, you know, they weren't too thrilled. No one really wants a drum set in their house. Um, <laughs> but, uh, my parents thought of it as a sort of a, a, a teaching lesson for me to learn how to, you know, earn things and buy things for myself, you know? And so my mom convinced me to, uh, at the time she was doing like side landscaping gigs and she convinced me to go work with her and, and earn it basically. And, and so I would earn the money and they would meet me halfway and buy my drum set. And then you know, there you go. And, um, when I got my drum set, I didn't go to, um, lessons or anything. I just started playing with my friends, just started jamming out. And, uh, that I think, I really honestly think that that moment in my life of, teaching myself this craft and growing from there really put a cemented something inside of my brain as to like, you know, really just go for it and, and work at things, um, if I really want it. And so, uh, after years of, uh, being in, uh, the music business from, you know, drumming to producing music, I didn't want to do it anymore. I got burnt out really early. And, uh, my wife actually, when we were dating, convinced me to pick up a camera. She was like, you always talk about photography. Um, just try it out, see what happens. And so I picked up a camera, fell in love with it immediately and started a business. Uh, luckily at that time, uh, we were in New York city. Uh, we were living in Brooklyn. And so we had, I had a lot of access to a lot of things and I still had some connects from the music industry and sort of slid in the back door that way. Um, and from there, honestly, uh, I ended up uh, working with a lot of companies, um, a lot of brands, um, and I met a lot of designers actually that way. Um, Google actually, uh, who's one of my clients, we I ended up at a phone event. They held this like secret, um, back when they were making the Nexus phones, I ended up at the secret Nexus fan like meeting thing where they like had all of the, the, project managers and UX designers and everyone that worked on these phones from software to hardware, they had them like group in this really cool area um, in New York. And I got invited to it and I ended up talking to a lot of people there and I had no idea what I was doing there. I was just like, Oh, this is dope. 
And um, a lot of the people I ended up talking to were UX designers and researchers. And it sort of put a bug in my brain. I didn't think about it much then. Um, but then later on through life experience and working with Stoxy, um, I was like, hey, this is something that I could sink my teeth into. I felt like it was an evolution of, I don't know, just life experience through my careers. A lot of my photography experience uh, was um, sort of photojournalistic um, and sort of a fly on the wall and observing and watching people, uh, body language, you know, everything. And so, I don't know, I just felt like it was something that I could sink my teeth into. And I started um, studying and learning on my own and ended up convincing um, Stoxy later on to get me on their UX team. And that's it. <laughs> so so I'm going to I want to come back to that thread uh, around convincing somebody <laughs> to yeah. let you do research on their team. Uh, yeah. But I want to I want to shift back to Dominique for a second. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you had this experience where you sort of observe people using a physical interface for the first time. And then at some point down the line, you end up as a research assistant at Apple. And I imagine there's some kind of uh, critical moment or, you know, person that you really connected with along the way that helped facilitate that. Um, Can you tell me a bit about sort of, you know, what that moment was like for you where you go from searching for a research position to, uh, someone, you know, believing you being saying this person has what it takes and let's bring them on board. How did you get them across that kind of threshold? And uh, what was that journey like in, in that moment? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was very fortuitous, honestly. Um, so I follow my first boss from Apple on Twitter and I did back then as well. Um, and I remember it was sometime in August, I believe I was just wrapping up a different internship and I saw her tweet and she said something along the lines of, Hey, like I'm looking for someone with a technical background to work on a project with me and my product team with Apple DMs are open. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I have a technical background (laughs) and you know, um, so I just kind of DM'd her and I was like, hey, like my name's Dominique. Um, I'm a CS major at Brown and I've taken some uh, UX courses at RISD. Um, I'm really interested in UX research. I'd love to learn a bit more about what you're looking for for this project. Um, and that was kind of how it went. Like we got, on, I sent her my resume. We got on the phone. Um, we chatted for about, I don't know, about a half hour about my past projects. And then, uh, you know, Lucky for me, she like offered me an internship for Apple, and that was kind of how that went. <laughs> so it came from sliding into someone's Twitter DMs. That was the start. Literally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, can relate to that. A lot <laughs> happens on Twitter. It's really, it's a really cool platform. Right. Well, I think I think that really is interesting because it kind of speaks to something that I've noticed is a bit of a lost craft in our discipline, which is the kind of going and putting yourself out there and trying to sell yourself, right? Or trying to, you know, put yourself in a position where someone could say no to you, bugger off or whatever it is. Um, and sometimes a lot of good stuff comes from that. And, and and I guess in that, in this case, you know, this is what ended up being a really cool position for you. Um, tell me a bit about like, what were the questions that this person asked back to you? What did they want to know about you where you think, really helped give them the confidence that 
this was a person that they wanted to invest in and work with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, so first of all, so the team was for actually an internal, internal developer tooling position. Um, so given my background in both computer science and I've taken a number of ethnography courses, I kind of like, you know, was able to come in and understand um, engineering language. And like, I knew how to speak with developers, like, you know, that was my entire program. Um, and so I think I was really well positioned to like, you know, with my background to take on a more technical position like that. Very cool. So let's shift gears to you, Eddie, because it's interesting. There's, there's this common thread here of, you know, convincing somebody that, you know, you, you've got what it takes. Um, yeah. One was via Twitter. Yours was a bit of a different story because I, I correct me if I'm wrong, you were working with this company as doing photography. Um, and yeah. then something changed. And after a period of time, you're now a UX researcher working with them. What transpired yeah. between those two moments in time? That sounds very <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it's it's so funny to me think, you know, as you're saying that I'm thinking of, I'm I'm really thinking back to the first moment when I even came in contact with the company. Um and everything in between that has just transpired from there. So I'll just yeah, I'll just go back to the beginning. So back in about 2014, um I was still in I was still in New York uh in Brooklyn. I was shooting around the city. And um you know, just struggling artist, you know, looking to, to make ends meet. And I ended up uh, reading about stock photography and, you know, I had my opinions about stock photography. I didn't, barely knew what it was um, as a, uh, you know, as a medium. And, and so I ended up seeing Stocksy and then their whole, you know, their whole thing was basically um, their aesthetic was, was hip. It was more modern. It was more um, up to date. It wasn't your typical like white background stock photography. And so I was like, Oh, this is cool. And so I contacted them and I got brought on as a contributor uh, for photography. And then over, over the course of maybe two or three years, um, I, I ended up uh, internally as well as a contributor, um, but I ended up internally uh, helping out with the contributor side of things, actually, um, helping with content management and gestion and also a little bit of customer experience mixed in there, customer being the contributors. So in, in this so, case, was it yeah. the situation where, so you were, you were the photographer and then mm -hmm. next thing you know, you know, they're trying to solve some kind of problems around managing the photographers that they work with. And you yeah. kind of raise your hand and say, Hey, you know, I'm a photographer. I get this space. I know what they're all about. Mm -hmm. Let me help you. Is that kind of how yeah. that transition happened? Yeah, essentially. Um, and, you know, I mean, there, there are so many other things in between that, that transpired, you know, that, I mean, that, that made that situation happen, but yeah, essentially, yeah, that's, that's the meat of it. And then, so I ended up, um, on the team and a lot of people internally at the company still are photographers and they still shoot some of them full-time, some of them part-time. Um, and it's a co-op. So, you know, it's a big circle. Everybody eats, you know, it, everybody feeds off of each other and it's, it's, it's a really nice community. And so, um, so yeah. And then, so a few years into doing that, um, I ended up, that's when I started to, uh, people started to, uh, tell me from tech companies, like my friends and acquaintances, uh, in real life and on the internet would tell me, Hey, you know, you should, you should look into UX. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. You know, people have mentioned it to me before. I never really thought about it. I'm not really looking to switch careers right now. And, um, 
people, they just, people just kept telling me and telling me and I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is, maybe I should look into it. <laughs> I, just, I don't, I don't know. Maybe this is a thing. And so, um, you know, at first it was daunting and I, I, I was like, do I have to have a degree for this? I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, you know, I know tech, I know phones, I know gadgets, but I don't really know computers like that. Um, so I started coding a little bit and doing all these things, just dabbling into everything, just putting my hands into every single pot. And, um, sooner or later I ended up, um, just kept studying and studying and doing small projects on my own. And then I ended up mentioning it to Stocksy and it took me a little while to get on, um, just because the, the, the company's small and the team was so small and they didn't really have, you know, the bandwidth to have me come on and, and, and basically have me grow at that time. And so, um, I just waited, waited a bit. And when the time was right, I had, I advocated for myself and I had somebody in, in on the inside on, on the design team advocating for me as well. And it just slid right in. <laughs> what do you think, when you, when you think back with your experience, you know, obviously it, it probably is super helpful that not only were you a photographer, but you helped them with a lot of sort of their business processes that showed that you really yeah. understood who the end user was um, mm -hmm. and, and what their needs were. Were there, was there something that from your time working with them, from the conversations you had with people on the team that really stood out to you uh, that you think really tipped the scales in your favor of them being like, actually, we need a researcher and Eddie's probably the right guy for this. Is there anything that comes to mind for that? Yeah, I had, a, I had a lot of conversations with, um, uh, the, the UX lead and the design director, um, at the company, just many conversations, um, just about life, about it, you know, about anything. And, um, yeah, I think, I think there were a few there, you know, we have, we have many, we have many users actually. So there's the contributors, uh, which are photographers and videographers now, because um, we do video as well now, and um, uh, and then we have our clients, which are um, the designers and project managers and all these people buying the stock content to use um, for their own companies uh, or you know for whatever company. And so, yeah, I think dealing with all of those users at the same time, from being a contributor and being on the inside knowing what content we should let in, knowing what content we shouldn't let in. And, uh, in that, that whole process, um, yeah, I had a lot of conversations with the people on the design team and I think it just sort of clicked, um, in everyone's head, like maybe, maybe we should just let this happen. Cause at the time there was no, I am the sole researcher. So, you know, there's, there was no dedicated researcher on the team. And I think it was at a point in the company's growth where they were like, all right, we should probably invest more in this. Gotcha. It's interesting, yeah. you know, two very different journeys into the discipline. And yet this commonality of a, a relationship yeah. is kind of standing out as being pretty, pretty fundamental. Dominic, can you tell me a bit about how your relationship with your initial manager evolved over time? And were there certain things that you found that were really helpful in constructing that relationship with, with that individual? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, so, um, sorry, is it okay if I could, you know, non-podcast? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Take your time. So that's really hard to we can um, answer just because of like my NDA. <laughs> 
Okay, cool. We can nix this part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me reframe the question um, then. Okay. So let me ask it again. So Dominique, or let me let me take a step back. Two very different journeys into research here. And one thing that they both have in common is the importance of a strong relationship. And when you think back to your experience, Dominique, and you know your connection with this individual, are there certain types of conversations that you think are really valuable for building rapport, um, for build or for building trust that really stood out in your mind uh, from your time, you know, working together with this individual or or growing that trust with this individual? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I'd say one thing that I love to learn about when I'm working with new people is just like, you know, like where are common interests, for instance? Um, it's like with this person we just discussed, um, you know, she was generous enough to pick me up at the airport when I flew out to San Francisco. And, you know, we're just in her car and she brings me to like her favorite restaurant because it's my first time in San Francisco. I'm from Connecticut. Um and she just starts playing Kehlani, and I'm like, oh my god, I love Kehlani, like, <laughs> and so, you know, just, like, experiences like that, like, um, getting to, you know, know each other um, on, addition, on additional levels, you know, beyond just, like, professionally, um, that's generally what I like to do, to build rapport, at least. That makes a lot of sense, so it's beyond, beyond the, beyond the discipline, is you know connecting on that level can really help with that trust, and I'm assuming with you, Eddie. I mean, you have this, you know, beyond the discipline, you have this thing of photography that kind of, by definition, everyone is loves to do at this at this place. Based on what you said, you know, were there other things that really stood out to you as you know providing that common glue? Were there other things or ways that you think you built really strong trust with people on this team? Yeah, I mean. Uh... So I think just, um, yeah, over the years I had a lot of, I had a lot of practice, um, in developing relationships with people. Um, I tried to, I try to tell people and I, I tried to stick to this rule that I have of, um, that I learned from the music industry actually where, um, building relationships without an agenda at, is, 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 is the biggest thing that I try to live by. Um, you know, sometimes you can't help it. Sometimes you're just trying to get from point A to point B, you know, it's natural, but for the you, most part, I think, yeah. means to you building relationships without an agenda. Like, does, you know, is it building relationships for the sake of building a relationship and making a connection for the sake of making a connection? Is that kind of what you mean there? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it works out like that. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, like Dominique, I've actually had a lot of, opportunities um that sort of showed themselves through uh avenues like twitter um i ended up with a an internship with one of my favorite djs in new york city because i just i just messaged him and i was like hey do you have an intern i like i just talking to him like a normal person you know and uh and he DM'd me and he was like, actually, this sounds like a really cool idea. Why don't you call me? And then I ended up calling him and it was just, it was, it was so, I don't know. I think it's, yeah, I think it just comes down to speaking to people 
um, like human beings first and foremost. And then, um, yeah, I mean, if, if you are trying to navigate the world and build relationships to ultimately, you know, maybe get some advice or have a discussion about something or, you know, whatever it is, um, I think that, yeah, I think the way that you form your questions and the words that you choose are, are very, 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 very key. Um, and that's, that's one thing that I've learned a lot lately, um, working at Stocksy because, um, the contributors, when I was, when I was on that, that side doing that, um, full time working with the contributors and the content, um, a lot of them are from other countries. So ESL came into play a lot. So, um, a lot of Eastern European, um, you know, just all over the place, Asia, you know, you name it everywhere in Europe. And so, um, one word really does make a difference, um, when speaking to people, you know, depending on their background and everything. Makes sense. Okay. So now we get to my favorite part, which is where we try and, you know, think back on our own experiences and see if there's any really good advice sometimes earned by luck, sometimes earned very easily, and sometimes earned very through for significant hardship. Um, you know, when you think think about the the next person, maybe uh, a mini Dominique or a mini Eddie, who's maybe a few years behind you, and is looking to make this this jump and has found their passion for research. What comes to mind? I'll start with you, Dominique. What comes to mind as the best piece of advice that you would give them? to help them find success in this transition? Yeah, I mean, I feel like one piece of advice that's very directly connected to what we've been you know, just talking about is reach out to people. Like for me personally, I absolutely love when uh, you know people who want to be researchers hit me up and are just like, Hey Dominique, like my name is so and so. I'm, you know, studying this, or like I currently do this, but I'm looking to do a transition, anything like that. Or just like, hey, I would love to hear a bit about you and your experiences. Like, do you have some time to chat? Like, I love having those conversations. Like, I spoke with someone this week actually who also used to be in the music industry, and this person was telling me about how they like work with Kiss and like all these other like really cool bands. Um, you know, it's just like. You know, I think there's a lot that can be learned in this, like, you know, relationships to be built in those kinds of conversations. What about you, Eddie? What's your best piece of advice for the next aspiring researcher? Wow. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm limiting you stay, to one. You can only pick one. <laughs> stay, stay curious and... Um, be persistent. Uh, I think, I think that's, that, that will be my, my one. Um, above all, I think the reason why I've always ended up in, in, in all of my careers is because I was persistent. Um, I didn't give up. I think it's true. I know it's, I know it's such a cliche thing to say, like, never give up. It'll happen. But yeah, it, it really will. If you're, if you're working at it, um, and you end up in the right scenario, um, and the timing is right and, you know, everything just falls into place, it'll, it'll happen. Just keep going. I love it. Um, look, thank you so much to both of you uh, for joining me here today. It's been a lovely conversation. Dominique, Eddie, um, as I'm sure has been 
everyone understands has been implied already, uh, that they can hit you up on Twitter whenever they have a question about research uh, anytime. So uh, thank you so much for, for joining me here today. I hope you enjoy the conversation. I'm sure a lot of folks listening in uh, have as well. And uh, I will talk to you soon. I'll see, you, I'll see you in the DMs and on Twitter. How's that? Sounds great. Thanks, Sounds Alex. good to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Talk to you soon. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the UXR podcast. Don't forget, we have an amazing, jam-packed research conference that you can take in from the comfort of your own home coming your way at the end of February. Head over to uxrconference.com to grab your ticket and check out the full program of amazing speakers and talks that we've got lined up for you. I think it's our best conference yet, and that's saying something, if I do say so myself. Can't wait to see you there. And as always, if you have any feedback for us, you can shoot us an email to hello at uxrcollective.com. We would love to hear from you. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you soon.